Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now we go out to the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. We're joined by Carl Dukes of Atlanta's 92.9 The Game. Carl, how we doing, man? I'm good, Jonathan. How are you? I'm good. Uh, thanks for giving us a couple moments. Uh, we've been talking last segment because I referenced your your Heyman beer, and and I was trying to think like like it's the coolest thing in the world to me that a sports radio host can have a beer named after themselves. Like <laughs> hashtag lifetime goals forever. Uh, but I, I now I need to know what was the blonde ale? Was that your choice? Did you choose like uh, did you have like a beer tasting to sit down and like ma- make the, the right option yours? Like like how did this happen? Let me let me know how to live out the dream that you've already been living. Well, first of all, thank you. Uh, yeah, we had a beer tasting, man. Our, our brewmaster, literally, uh, we went out and had about eight different beers that we tasted, blind tasting. And literally, we said, I like this. I don't like that. Can we have a little bit of this? Add that. <laughs> and he did. And he came up with the blonde ale. And it's been uh, a huge success. And and, and we're loving the, the connection to our, our listeners and certainly our, our audience. And then... You know, we just released our Hey Man Ale Watermelon Line this summer, which oh. is the second edition. You branched out um, into a second edition. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man, things are things are good. Uh, but I appreciate it, man. It's, it's, it's been a really cool, unique thing. You know, I've been doing this a long time, and I will tell you, it's, it's probably the thing that uh, I'll talk about most whenever this is done, hopefully 20 years from now, and um, as far as something that, that I was involved in. But to have my face on a beer can that's sold and, you know, to be walking in a store and somebody's like, hey, man, I had your beer. <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool. It's the coolest thing ever. Cause I would, my ego would be so large if I sat down <laughs> and I'm watching a Falcons game and I've got like, football on and I'm drinking my beer like with my face on it. That's the coolest well, thing ever. Well, and here's the other thing, Jonathan. You know, when um, you go out <laughs> and we're tailgating or we're at an event, and there are places like it's sold at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, for example. Oh, that's and, so cool. Uh, when we go out, it, it's kind of unique, but it's also weird to be like, hey, what are you drinking? My beer? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's cool, man. It's cool. It's the gift you give to everyone when you walk into their house. Hey, you want a six-pack of my beer? Here it is. It's, it's so true. I just had a friend come in from Texas, and he was like, all right, bro, I got I to gotta try this. Hey, man, let me, let me try it. <laughs> And he better lie and say it's the greatest beer he's ever had, too, right? Yeah, it's got to well, be. Well, I think he did. He put it on Insta, so I feel pretty good about it. Man, that is so cool. I talk about, like, advertising, doing your like your own work for you, right? Like, it's uh, – forget forget having a Twitter handle. Like, having that is – man, that's that's awesome. So cool. All right, well, anyway, uh, we've been playing around with different people's beers and what they would do here at the station, so thank you for all the content you've delivered, even while not being on the airwaves. But now, Carl, we got to <laughs> figure out what – so how many starters are we going to see for Atlanta for today? What are we? What are we thinking here? What's going on? 
I wish I knew, Jonathan. I wish I knew. Arthur Smith has been so cryptic about who's playing, who's not playing. Is he going to play Matt Ryan? Is he going to play Mike Davis? Is Calvin Ridley going to play? Who's playing? (laughs) It's been the biggest mystery that we've been trying to figure out all week. Now, we think, we think he is going to play the starters. Maybe a series, maybe two series. I will say this. When we found out that Kevin Stefanski is playing Baker Mayfield tonight and some of these guys are playing, we're looking at each other like, come on, Art. Come on, Coach. So I think just to get a feel for the game, he's going to play these guys. But I also think there's some pressure on Arthur Smith in the fact that the first two preseason games, the exhibition games, have not gone well. And I'm not talking about wins and losses. I'm simply saying the Falcons have had the ball 17 full possessions. They've scored three times. On the defensive side, you know, the other teams have had the ball 19 possessions and they've scored 10 times. So you've really not shown anything. Now, you're going to say, well, was he playing the backups? Yes, that's true. But the fact of the matter is everybody wants to feel good about rolling into the season. If I'm a Browns fan right now after last week and what I've seen from the offense and some things on defense, I feel pretty good about rolling into the season. I don't know if Falcon fans feel that way right now. It's interesting uh, because – I mean, I, I look at the Falcons, and I think you guys are headed in a decent direction. Did you uh, were you on the bring Matt Ryan camp back or no? Where were you on that? Well, I, I was simply on the we can't afford. Once they made the decision to restructure him, we could not afford to not continue to build around him. I don't think Matt Ryan has been the issue here. Um, there's been some bad coaching, you know, that's not no longer here. Um, and I wish Dan Quinn all the luck in Dallas as a defensive coordinator. But you had a lot of things that necessarily didn't go right, but it had nothing to do with the quarterback position. If you go back and look at Matt's last three years, he's still been one of the top quarterbacks statistically in the yep. league. Mm-hmm. So I think Arthur Smith came in and said, listen, I can still win with this guy. We just got to do some things around him. And the money was so significant that it just didn't make sense to have, you know, almost a $30 million cap hit to just move on from Matt Ryan to, to draft a rookie who would not take you to the playoffs in his rookie season. Uh, 100% fair. Carl Dukes joining us here, 92.3 The Fan, of course. He's 92.9 The Game in Atlanta. Also, his national show is heard here, guys, Sunday mornings, uh, 6 to 10, of course, right here on 92.3 The Fan. Uh, so, Carl, I got to ask you, and, and we'll, we'll touch more broadly about what you think about the Browns since you do the national show, and, and the, local, the audience here knows you. They know you from the Sunday mornings. Uh, but Tack McKinley, there's a couple different former Falcons that are now Browns. What? Are we getting a good one here? or Because this time in Atlanta didn't seem like it ended very fondly uh, from a Falcons perspective. Who? Cat McKinley? Bust. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said it didn't you, end fondly. I wasn't lying there. Are you serious right now? Here's what happened with Cat McKinley. And, and listen, I don't know what he's going to do in Cleveland, but I have a good guess. Here in Atlanta, Cat McKinley was overhyped and he underachieved. And then he got to a point where he basically said, I should have been traded by this organization last year, and they didn't trade me. And then they called a meeting and said, we're done. And they waived him. So I don't know if Tack has gotten all of his off-the-field issues squared away. From a talent standpoint, they took him in the first round coming out of UCLA. They thought he had a lot of upside and high potential, but he's not lived up to it quite yet. And so maybe in a new situation with a new defense, maybe he turns into the player that they expected. But here, complete bust. And I, I, there is no other way to put it. I mean, 
He was brought in. He was supposed to be a difference maker, and the only thing he did was run his mouth. <laughs> All right, how about from the, the, how the Browns have him then, where he is the third defensive end. He's going to be, you know, rotating around Miles and then Clowney. Like, he's not going to be dependent on a great deal. And it, to be honest, if he does run his mouth and doesn't end up doing the right things, Browns can move on, and it's not really a big deal. Well, and I think that's why it was a smart signing. The risk-reward, you know, it, it, is if he performs – we get him at a low price, and if he doesn't, we don't lose a whole lot considering the guys we have around him. I do think he is a guy that in those situations can thrive. I just don't think being an every-down starter and being in the defense he was in here worked for him. So that's why I think this situation, and I've talked to a few coaches around the league who say, you know, again, you go to situations like this, you got better players around you, you're in a different type of defense, they're asking certain things of you that are your strengths, he may end up being a good player, but I agree. The Browns, it's a no no loss situation for them. They they can move on, and it won't hurt the team at all. All right, now what about Austin Hooper, who I imagine you guys think fondly of in Atlanta? Some big, big-time catches from Austin Hooper, uh, but here in Cleveland, uh, I called him Butterfingers a lot last year, and a lot of people got mad at that, but he couldn't hang on to the football, Carl. I don't, I don't know what happened. Well, it's interesting. I'll tell you what happened. He got paid. That's what happened. Here's the deal. Austin Hooper was a very, very good player for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and we called him California cool because he's from Cali and, you know, he just got this laid back demeanor. He's a really cool dude. But at the end of the day, the Falcons made the decision not to pay him top tight end money. The Browns did. I agree with you. I thought there were balls last year that he should have, you know, plays he should have made that he didn't. Uh, but that's a talented offensive football team. Here's the deal. If I am Austin Hooper, I have to catch everything that's thrown to me because Baker has so many options. Mm -hmm. I have to show him you can trust me. So, he is a guy that when he was here, you know, he caught 75, 80 balls, was significant in his rookie season and, and early on helping this team go to the Super Bowl. He's got a lot of talent. But as far as, you know, his, his career, his time there with the Browns, I, I said this last year, he left here, Hayden Hurst came here, and there really wasn't a fall off from the tight end position as far as what the Falcons needed. And I think they made the right decision by not paying him. It's not saying he's not worth the money there. But for us, it was the right decision. With the Browns, I just think he's got to be the guy he was the Browns signed. The, the 75 ball, you know, uh, uh, 75 catches, uh, close to 1,000 yards. The problem is, I don't know if he can do that in that offense with so many weapons. I was wondering, do you even think he's, he's got that in him, even if the offense is set up for him? I do. I, listen, okay. I think who is, is underrated. He's not a breakaway speed guy. But he was very reliable, and especially on third downs and in the red zone for Matt Ryan the few years he was here. So um, he made some big plays, and I think, again, if used right, used in the correct way, he can be an impactful player on that offensive uh, squad. Uh, Carl, i got to ask you, because your work done nationally on CBS Sports Radio, again, it airs locally here on 92.3 The Fan, so the audience is can very I, familiar with the work. Yeah. Can, can I say something, Jonathan? Yeah. And I love Cleveland. Cleveland! I love Cleveland! <laughs> Cleveland! All right, go ahead. I thought you were going to do it. This is for you. I thought you were just going to do it the whole way. <laughs> I would have loved it. This is for you, Cleveland. My man. You see? We're all about that. So tell me now. Now, after doing that, you can't tell me you have the Ravens winning the AFC North. Now you got to tell me what you think about the Browns for this year. All right. And I've said this nationally. The Browns are my sleeper pick to get to the Super Bowl. Let's now, go. why do I say sleeper? Because that's a team that got into the playoffs last year, showed a lot. But everybody, Jonathan, is talking about the Bills. Everybody's talking about Mahomes and the Chiefs. 
The Browns are set up with what they've done defensively this offseason and what they have offensively. And I, I know Nick Chubb intimately. Chubb is a real dude. You have a great running back in Nick Chubb, and they paid him accordingly. They have everything they need to get to the Super Bowl. They just have to execute and play well Sunday in and Sunday out. I love the Browns squad right now. All these years of, you know, being bad and first-round pick after first-round pick, I finally think they got the right GM, and I actually like Kevin Stepanski and what he's doing with this team. I have been going as my sleeper to the Super Bowl. Uh, we love Stefanski here as well. I, I like that you brought up Chubb because I, you know, obviously Georgia. I, I didn't even I blanked on the connection there. You know him intimately then, so so like his success isn't even close to a surprise to you. No, I mean Chubb got injured in the Tennessee game. I think it was his sophomore year, and it was one of those gruesome injuries on the sideline where everybody went, "Oh my goodness, is he going to be able to come back?" He worked his tail off. He came back. The irony for, for Chubb is he shared backfield time. Think about this. When he was at Georgia, they had a guy named Todd Gurley, <laughs> yeah. who, was the best, who was the best running back in the league for the short time that he was in it a couple of years. Um, Sony Michelle, who ended up being a first-round pick for the New England Patriots and has already has won a Super Bowl, and Nick Chubb. They all split time. And so him and Chubb, or Chubb and uh, Sony Michelle, split time. And I think some people thought that, well, it may be taking away from how good he was. This guy has always been elusive. He's always been fast. He's always been a special player. And I think right now he's as healthy as he's ever been. And the Browns running game is going to take so much pressure off of Baker Mayfield. Uh, back to the game tonight, Carl. Uh, Drew Brees is supposed to be making his Sunday night football uh, debut. Broadcaster to broadcaster, what do you think is going to happen tonight? You think he's going to be good? So the irony for me is I didn't know what to get or what I would get with Tony Romo, and I love him. I love Romo. Um, there'll never be another John Madden, but I think Romo is as close to that for this next generation of broadcasters. When you talk about color analysts and, and what he adds to the game and his natural personality, I hope that Drew is that. I don't know if he will be. I want him to be himself, but if you've been around Drew Brees or you've interviewed Drew Brees as I have over the years, he's always been very reserved. And, you know, that was the thing about Tony Romo. All of a sudden he had this, this, glaring or, or bright personality that came out on TV and you were like, yeah. that's not the dude I talked to. <laughs> so maybe that's the case with Drew Brees. I wish him nothing but the best. Real talk, he is one of the best human beings you will meet. He has done so much for the New Orleans community and, and the state of Louisiana who's going through it with this hurricane, but I hope he's good. That's all I can say because if he's not, he'll hear about it pretty quickly. You know the Twitterverse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's a good guy. You want to root for a guy like that. Thank you, Carl. I appreciate you giving us a couple minutes. Uh, it's been awesome to chat with you, and we'll catch up uh, down the road, man, all right? Jonathan, thank you. Thank you so much. Carl Duke's right there. Always good talking to him on the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.